Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer in the courtroom of current events. And today we're going to talk about how lawyers get paid. We get that question all the time. How do you determine fees? How do you get paid? Is it different depending on the case? Is it different depending on the lawyer? So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to answer that question as best we can. As always, if you guys have questions for us, you can find us on social media at Tragos Law, or you can email me at petertragos at greeklaw.com. Okay, so today Pete and my dad are on the show. We're going to talk about how we get paid. How do lawyers get paid? And to start off, I want to mention we have already done an attorney's fees um, episode that talks about the different kind of fees, how you can get them awarded, how they can be included in contracts, how they can be statutory fees in certain cases. But today, the question that we got from people is, when you actually go in to hire a lawyer, what are the different ways you can actually hire that lawyer and pay them? So to start out and just give kind of an outline of the different types of fees, there are contingent fees, there are hourly fees, there are flat rate fees, and then there are retainers that can be billed against. So Pete, why don't you first explain what a contingent fee is? Contingent fees are in fact contingent, meaning that- What are they contingent on? On the recovery that the attorney is capable of getting. And what happens is a lot of people love these because as a client, you don't actually pay- for your attorney up front, most of the time in a contingent fee, there is no, you, as a, a client, you're not paying the cost of the litigation. The lawyers absorb all that. And then when the case is all said and done, the lawyers take a percentage of whatever it is that they won for the client. And again, the client's benefit is they, the client actually decides whether or not they want to settle the case or not. So a contingent fee, when you walk in to hire a lawyer and it's a contingent fee case, you don't actually pay the lawyer anything. You don't pay him anything out of pocket. You shouldn't have to pay the, the costs on your case. The lawyer should cover the costs and they wait to collect their fee until the end. And it's directly related to whatever you get in your settlement. For example, if the fee is 40% and your settlement's $10,000, it's easy for you to figure out what those attorney's fees are and that's $4,000. What's great about it is at the end of the case, when you have the money for the settlement, that's when you pay your lawyer, not at the beginning of the case where you may not have enough money to hire the lawyer. Um, Dad, next, why don't you talk about what flat rate um, fee cases are and how somebody comes in and hires a lawyer and it's just a flat rate? Well, normally those are cases where a lawyer has experience in knowing how much time they're going to put into the case and they're able to tell the client, look, it'll be X number of dollars to represent you. This way, the client knows how much it's going to cost up front. They pay that much. If it takes longer than the lawyer estimated, well, then the lawyer is going to have to eat that. If it takes less time than the lawyer estimated, then the lawyer did well in guessing how much time it's going to take to do the case. But it's one of these things where people are given an assurance, this is what it's going to cost you. And some people really like this because you show up you write one check to your lawyer and you're done and you know how much that the you know that that's how much the case is going to cost. Now, when the case ends early, usually that means there was a good result. So a lot of times when you say a lawyer guesses right, sometimes you can have a really good result which makes the case end early, which then, you know, makes it a good fee. And if it takes forever sometimes and you make a little less money on it, then that's just something than a risk that you take as a lawyer for quoting a flat fee. And sometimes flat fees are in stages. All right, I'll charge you a flat fee for doing this much. And then, okay, we have to go now to depositions. 
another flat rate for deposition. Which you explained in the beginning. So that's what you need to ask the lawyers, what does this flat rate include? Does it include a trial? Or is there a trial fee on top of it? A lot of times we have that. If it's a flat rate, that's up to the day of trial. And then if it's trial, then it's going to be X amount of dollars. And there's a trial fee, which again, is something that's told to you and you write that check one time. Or an appeal after the trial. Right. Flat rate for the appeal. Again, it's the assurance some people just like to know this is what it's going to cost. And then on the flip side of that is the hourly fee, Pete, and that's the the unknown. Yeah, and I'll tell you, hourly um, is normally something you see in either big corporate type structures where lawyers are engaged for a long time or... A lot of family law attorneys do hourly because they just have no clue. But how do you how do you get paid as a lawyer? Well, how, how do you pay them if it's an hourly case? You literally are paying the attorney and their staff a rate for every hour that is expended uh, working on your case. So as a client, if I show up to hire somebody for an hourly case, what do they tell me it costs? Well, they'll normally tell you that the attorneys are X dollars an hour. The right. paralegals are Y dollars an hour. We charge... Uh, a Z, a Z amount of dollars for machine time for you know the cost of making copies, things like that. And they basically give you the breakdown. So of, you only know what it's going to cost you per hour. You don't know the total amount that this case correct. is going to cost. And then you know one of the issues that you'll find in, in, in that type of structure is, and that's why I say normally you see it in corporate structures because the corporate entity will negotiate the rates and they will also negotiate who does what. For example, copies are made by this level of employee. Associates will do this, partners will do this, and each lawyer has a different hourly rate. So some people like that because you're only paying them for the actual work that they do. There's no risk that, you know, the case goes away in two seconds when you paid all this money. But the longer the case goes, the more expensive it is, and you're paying for every phone call, every email, every text message, every time they're driving to court, if they're driving home from court, that's why some people like a flat rate, but a lot of people won't quote a flat rate because like my dad said, they don't really know how long a case is going to take. And when you don't know how long a case is going to take or how hard it's going to be, sometimes an hourly rate is the the way to go. Um, Okay, next, dad, talk about what it is to give somebody a retainer that they bill against. Is that more like a flat rate, more like hourly, a combination? Kind of explain that. Well, a retainer is an amount of money that someone receives, and if it's a situation where a retainer to be billed against, that money then goes normally into the trust account of the attorney. And then we pull it out of the trust account based on the work done on an hourly basis, like people just talking about hourly cases. Well, if you do five hours worth of work, then you take that billed amount, you go to the retainer that the client gave you in advance, and you pull that money out of the trust account. Sometimes that retainer has to be replenished in order to keep it at a certain amount. So this makes sure that the lawyer has enough money in order to work on the case, and that's paid in advance. So basically, you can have a $10,000 retainer. You bill $5,000, so you take $5,000 from that trust account into your fee account, and now there's $5,000 left in that retainer. So the person can either replenish that retainer up to 10000 or you can have an agreement to replenish it once you bill the entire amount, and it goes to zero, so you bill another 5000 But it's basically a way to have that lawyer on retainer whenever you need him, for whatever reason you may need him, um, uh, throughout the, the legal process. And, and a lot of people, uh, this works and a lot of people do this in order that that attorney doesn't work for the other side. So true. once you've retained him, that means he's yours and he can't work for the opposition. 
And there are different ways to do retainers, and it can get very complicated. You can have a retainer that you fully bill against. You can have a retainer plus hourly, so they pay you $10,000 to hire you as their lawyer, and then another $500 an hour or something above that retainer. Or you can do half billed against, where they give you $10,000. The first $5,000 is to become your lawyer. The second $5,000 will be billed against. So there's complicated ways to do that. But when you hire a lawyer with a retainer plus hourly, make sure you get into the details of exactly what that retainer is going to cover. And you should always get a written fee agreement so right. that this is all in every detailed case. in every case. And one of the other things, you're talking about the complicated or the combinations, sometimes you have a combination of contingent and hourly where they charge a lower hourly rate. The attorney charges less than he would normally charge. But if he wins the case, he gets a percentage of the recovery. Right. So, and now let's talk about what kind of cases have these different kind of fee agreements that you can have with lawyers. So Pete, start out and talk about personal injury cases like what we do mostly, car accidents, slip and falls, medical malpractice. What kind of fee agreements uh, come into play and how do you pay your lawyer in those types of cases? There's nothing in the state of Florida, and let's talk about Florida specifically since we're here, that requires a particular type of fee structure. But the vast majority of attorneys, and we're not different in that uh, case, uh, will handle personal injury cases in contingent fee. Reason being is most people, especially that are injured and potentially can't work, don't have the funds to actually finance whatever it costs to get a verdict. Because it can be very expensive oh, to absolutely. hire expert witnesses, yeah. order hundreds and hundreds of copies. Peter, isn't there also a statutory structure on this contingent fee in personal injury cases? Right. We do in Florida. We have the Contingent fee agreement is actually something that's set forth by the rules regulating the Florida Bar, and it actually breaks down all of the requirements for a contingent fee agreement. In fact, in Florida, if you enter into a contingent fee agreement with a lawyer, you have to have it in writing. If not, it's considered a uh, null and void contract. Right, and we always advise to get every fee agreement in writing, but there's actually rules that state you have to have a contingent fee agreement in writing. Um, and contingent fee agreements break down what percentage a lawyer can get. For example, 33 and a third percent if it doesn't go to court, uh, 40% if it goes to court and is contested and goes to trial, things like that. If it's a multi-million dollar case, that percentage goes down. So there are ways that these percentages are structured. It's not as simple as to say, you know, a lawyer gets 40% of whatever the settlement is. It depends on what, you know, is being contested and what <clears throat> portion of the case that the case actually settles. Um, also, personal injury cases can be um, taken on flat rate or hourly um, uh, fee agreements. It's just more common, especially in Florida, for it to be done on a contingent basis. And it kind of ties together, you know, the lawyers trying to maximize the case because that also maximizes their fees. Um, next, Dad, why don't you talk about what normal uh, fee agreements are like in criminal cases? How do you quote a fee and what, is, what can a person expect if they're going to go hire a criminal lawyer? When you hire a criminal lawyer... Uh, you have two kinds of clients. You have an individual or you have a corporation. Mostly it's individuals. When you're representing an individual, it's normally a flat rate because you're really looking for a result. In other words, someone comes to you, they've been arrested for murder. If you're able to convince the prosecutor to drop the murder charge in 30 days, you've earned your money. So it's a flat rate uh, for the case. That's also normally a non-refundable fee which means that no matter how long the case takes or how many hours the lawyer puts in, again, you're looking for a result, and it's a result you agree with, and therefore it is a non-refundable uh, fee that's paid up front. The Florida Bar rules specifically allow for non-refundable, and again, you should get this all in writing so that you understand it. 
George, can you have a criminal case as a lawyer on contingent fee? Meaning, you cannot. Meaning you make 5000 if you lose and 10000 if you win. Right. The ethical rules say no, that you cannot uh, base your fee upon whether you win or lose a trial or win or lose that case. Um, so because it, or a percentage it, it, of the book sales after the right. after the trial is over, yeah. right? You can't do stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Normally, in criminal cases, also when you're dealing with a corporation, corporations have a tough time understanding flat rates. That's just the nature of the corporation. Because well, they pay everybody by the hour. Yeah, they pay all their civil lawyers, all this stuff. So for them, you have to do by the hour. I have found, and the majority of good lawyers I know that do both individual and corporate work that frankly they would have been better off if they did a flat rate because uh, corporate cases with all the documents, all the document review, normally are so many hours involved that they would have been better off. You mean the, the lawyers would have been better off or the corporation? The corporation would have been okay, better it off. it costs them a, more to do it hourly. Right. It, right. It, normally it does. Right. So you can do criminal cases hourly. You just, you most of the time don't. Right. Okay. Pete, next, talk about civil defense cases where somebody's getting sued for some reason or another. You can do insurance, defense, whatever. How do they normally yeah, bill? Normally, those and well, those lawyers get paid hourly. Um, it could be flat rate, but again, George is right. The, the big companies don't like flat rates. They want to just pay for whatever services they're getting. Um, what's interesting about the, the civil defense and what I think a lot of our clients, unfortunately, find out when we're fighting you know, their, their personal injury cases is, the lawyers on the other side, it behooves them to defend this case because they get paid by the hour. Right, and delaying is actually making them more That's money. Right. Um, what about probate? Normally, probate, there's a section in the, um, uh, in the rules and in the statutes that talks about probate, and those lawyers normally are given a percentage. There's some sort of statutory percentage on what they actually can earn right. by handling the the, uh, the probate, the estate. I don't know. So if they get can, like a percentage of the right. estate, you're saying? Correct. Right. There's a uniform probate code yeah. that's pretty much most of the states have adopted that have that percentage. Now, understand that does not include litigation. So if you're doing probate litigation, that's normally an hourly rate, just like civil litigation. Okay. Um, Pete, what about family law? Family law traditionally has been hourly, which is why divorces last forever. Um, there is no requirement that it be hourly. I'm sure, and in fact, there are some value billing type of family law lawyers that, that uh, charge a flat rate or some sort of flat fee for, you know, if we can get this done in this manner, it's maybe X amount of dollars. But then if, if this falls apart and we actually have to litigate it, it becomes hourly. But most of the time when you go to hire your family law lawyer for your, you know, divorce yeah. or adoption or something, it's it's hourly. Yeah. And yeah. normally what will happen is because a lot of these attorneys realize their time is limited, they can only handle so many cases, they will take a retainer to make sure that whoever it is that they're hot, that is hiring them has the funds to actually be able to go forward on it. Yeah. And, and another thing about family law that's a little bit different is a lot of times the other side will pay your fees, where the husband pays the fees of the wife. The judge will determine who is best able to pay those fees. So you may have the other side actually paying your fees. Which goes into also the next one I was going to talk about, which is wage cases where there's a statutory um, uh there's there's a statutory wages in that or sorry, fees statutory costs. fees and costs in wage cases where 
the prevailing party gets their um, attorney's fees paid by the other side. But as a lawyer, Pete, what do you do? What does a client have to give you to hire you? How do you get paid in that kind of case? Because yeah. because if you win, you get paid by the other side. But how do you track right. that? Is it a flat fee? Is it hourly? How do you do it? Yeah, and what we normally do in wage cases is that the... Um well, frankly, I think everybody does it now that I think about it in FLSA claims is they'll you as the client will engage the attorney at an hourly rate and the the lawyer will work for your case based on that hourly rate. And that hourly rate is then paid by the defendant, the employer, because that's what the statute says in wage cases. If you're successful, if you're successful. Correct. So basically it's the same way as a family law case or some other case you go in there you hire a lawyer 500 bucks an hour every every hour he works on your case costs 500 bucks the only difference is instead of you paying that lawyer the uh, defendant pays it if you're successful if you're not successful you do owe your lawyer that money and the hourly rate that he billed so that's just a different way and a different take it's still the same kind of fee or case as an hourly case yeah but the statute shifts the fee over to the uh, you know to the losing party or the to the the employer one of the things that Peter mentioned earlier that we really haven't talked about is the value added that there's a uh, a theory and a lot of firms do use this theory that if you reach a certain point or a certain recovery that if you've given more value to the case and that you will get a bonus on top of that based on the value so if you sue somebody for 300,000 but you get 500,000 then you've added value to the case and you're added you're uh, have an opportunity to get an additional fee so that's become very popular now with a lot of large law you're firms. You're saying if you you get an hourly rate plus a percentage of that of that value added. Right. Right. So I think one of the major points is outside of, you know, certain rules with contingency agreements and outside of criminal law which can't be contingent you can really get creative on the ways that you hire and pay a lawyer. It can be a combination of a flat rate, of hourly, of you know contingent. You can build all sorts of things in as an attorney and as a client that you think works for that specific case. Sometimes there's a novel area of law. You don't know what's going to happen, so you take it on a low hourly rate. And like my dad said, but if you're able to win, you also get a percentage. It, it kind of put builds in a floor for the attorney so they're not losing tons of money taking this big labor-intensive case, but it's also a lower hourly rate so that the client can afford it. It's really up to the attorney as to whether or not how they want to take a case and how it makes it worth it because they do have a business to run. A lot of people don't realize attorneys are also entrepreneurs. They have um, employees and overhead and, and office space and everything that they have to worry about on top of just their time. Everybody wants a free lawyer. We have people call all the time just wanting a free lawyer because they see we do some contingent cases, but that's not the case in every kind of case. And I'd also urge the listeners to be creative. You're talking to a lawyer. A lot of times lawyers will take a piece of property. They'll take a car. Uh, they'll, they'll take something else in exchange for some of the money that you would pay them as a fee. Yeah, the pawn shop theory. Yeah, and there are lawyers that, that do why, a lot of that. That's why I like doing PI. Yeah. And a lot of lawyers really do do, do a lot of that uh, trading and bartering I'm sure they uh, with do. their fees. So, okay, hopefully that answers the question because everybody always wonders, what's it like when you go in to hire a lawyer? A lot of times in a lot of cases, um, it's, you know, quote unquote free. You don't have to pay anything out of pocket and you can still hire the best lawyer out of all the lawyers that you interview. So make sure you understand the difference in the different types of cases and different types of fees. And now you'll have better questions to ask next time you meet with a lawyer before you hire them. If you guys want to hear anything else from us, just go ahead and find us on Facebook at Tragos Law, or you can send me an email, Peter Tragos at GreekLaw.com. <laughs>